This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. I'm going to preach to you today. Thank you, Sister Nicole. I'm going to preach to you today, and the title of my message is A Necessary Message. A necessary message. If you want to stand with me and just read a verse of scripture and ask you to stand just for a moment. Um, Brother Raphael, I think you're back there. Ephesians chapter number two. We're going to go go ahead and read verse number one as well. Um, I know I told you just verse number two, but after reading it again, I think we need to read at least three verses there. Ephesians chapter number two and verse number one. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Stop right there for a second. I'm not going to look around, but there are people that are still walking according to the course of the world. According to the prince of the power. Somebody say power. Of the air. And a spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Verse number three. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. In the lust of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath. Even as others. This scripture is very powerful y'all. We're going to read it all again. Y'all can be seated but we're going to read it again. And we're going to read through verse number 4. We'll start again. We'll go through verse number 4, okay? And you, everybody say you, hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. How many are thankful you're no longer dead to sin? You're no longer living in sin. Where in time past you walked after the course of this world. And some of us, we're going to read that and we're like, okay, I can take this scripture. According to the prince of the power of the air. I mean, there's power. Yeah, there's power in the air and power in this world. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Uh, There is a spirit. When you disobey the word of God, there is a spirit trying to get you to disobey. It's the desire of the world and the desire of the devil to get you to disobey the word of God. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh. In other words, a conversation, I like that word conversation because it's an ongoing deal. It lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Verse number four. But God, not me, you can't do it on your own. But God, doesn't say, but Tim, or but anybody else in this room, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Keep going. Verse number five. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Somebody say saved. We might as well read verse number six and seven for Pete's sake. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Jesus Christ. I'm going to preach to you today about a necessary 
message. The reason why this message is necessary is because this is the key to revival in your home, your life, your family, and in this church, in this community until Jesus comes. I want to preach to you about the power of the Holy Ghost. Preach to you today about the power of the Holy Ghost. This is a necessary message. Now, I want you to listen to me carefully today because I'm going to be talking about, and I'm going to say things in Hebrew. Well, I won't say things in Hebrew, but I'm going to use some, uh, uh, some uh, definitions, but I want you to follow closely with me in the Word of God. I've done a lot of, a lot of studying, perhaps a little bit more than that I have done to understand certain words in the Bible. But there are several words in the Bible that are very intriguing. And we look at, um, in the day of Pentecost, the Bible teaches us that there was power. And we sing an old song that says, power filled with the Spirit. Some of you all probably have heard that song. We hear power of the Holy Ghost. We hear power upon on high. We hear power of all these things. And we hear other scriptures of authority. Somebody say authority. And all those words are important. All those words are true. But I want to kind of give you a landscape of the Bible. Can I do that? Can I do a little Bible study with you today? Because this is very important for us to understand. As I begin to look at the word power and look at the word even authority, when it regards to the Holy Ghost, I begin to do some study and I begin to go back to the Old Testament. And I went through a lot of different definitions and I found the word power is mentioned throughout Scripture in many different places, through the Old Testament and the New Testament. But I quickly found that power in the Old Testament does not mean power of the New Testament. It's different kind of power. Even when a word says authority on the Old Testament, it does not mean the same thing as the authority of the New Testament. I'm going to prove it to you. And I don't have time to go through all the words of authority or all the words of power in the Old Testament. But in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about the word power. And um, I, I'm not going to just bear with me. Just, you can just trust me on this. And if I'm wrong, you can talk to me afterwards. But I, I feel like I've done enough study on this to, to be a, a little bit of small authority on, on this, what this subject is talking about. And, and the word uh, for power in the Old Testament is a noun masculine in sense. It's a masculine noun in, uh, in the root word of, uh, of the Hebrew origin. It is translated, when you use the word power in the Old Testament, most of the time it deals with the word koak, which means power. But when it's translated from the Hebrew, from the English to the Hebrew, it means strength and power. But it means human strength. Power, yes, of God because he had made us. But it is manpower strength. The Bible goes on to say, or the definition goes on to say, that, that power is the strength of even animals. It's talking about animal strength. It is a produce. It is the wealth of the strength of the land. It talks about power, the strength of produce, of wealth. And a secondary definition of this is it actually means a reptile. It means a small reptile, possibly a kind of lizard, which is unclean. Perhaps even an extinct animal. The exact meaning is unknown, but in parts of speech, this word 
means in the Old Testament, the majority of the words of power. There are other definitions of power that mean they have to deal with uh, certain situations, but it's not the same kind of power that's being talked about in the New Testament. It's not the power at all, the same power. It's talking about man's strength. And I find it very interesting that in the parts of speech in the Hebrew language, you find that every word has a masculine or a feminine noun or plural. Those three things are found in every single word in Hebrew. So you'll have a word power that will mean a feminine or, or have another word that means a, a, a masculine sense to it. And, and I even got into some of the writings and how the words were defined as a feminine noun or a masculine noun. It would have a different connotation to it. It would, it would look a little bit different in the way it is written. But we find that the word coax is a noun in the masculine sense. In other words, it's a noun that is man for man. It's man's strength. It's man's power. It's man's ability, man's understanding, man's thoughts, man's uh, strength that God gives him in his own power, in his own strength. In some definitions, it would say it's strength of the angels that is given to man or strength or power of God that is given to man when he created man. The Bible teaches us that it is a, some definitions would call it a crocodile type of power. But bear with me, with you will, for a second, that when you go to the New Testament, somebody say New Testament, the word power is still there, but it means something else. When you cross over the Jordan from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you cross over to the New Testament, the word power is represented in the book of Matthew very quickly. In the first few chapters, I believe it is, power is found. But the word power does not mean, and it is not in a masculine noun. The Bible says that the word power is excusia, excusia power. Excusia power, and the noun changes to feminine. Now, I thought the Old Testament would be feminine and the New Testament would be the masculine sense of noun. But I found out something in, in simple study that the power of the Holy Ghost or the power of God in the New Testament is a submission kind of power. That I can only receive a suja power if I receive it and submit myself to it. The first time the Bible talks about it was when the Lord was ministering. And a centurion comes. And a centurion comes to the Lord. And he says, I understand one having authority. And that word authority means power. And what that word power means, it means esusia power. It's not talking about man-made power. It is not the same power of the Old Testament. It's not the same power of what? That man saw something different. This is not man-made power. This is not ground power. He's not talking about the reptiles, and he's not talking about either. He's talking about authority beyond that I've ever learned before. But I have a revelation of who he is talking about and understand what he is talking about. I understand one having power. Jesus came to this earth. He robed himself in flesh. He submitted himself. He humbled himself. So that noun came as a submission. 
a feminine tense, if you will. A place of place of submission and power. So what does that mean, asusia power? I'm glad you asked. Asusia power, let me find my definition here. Asusia power is a power of choice. Liberty of doing as one pleases. Leave or permission. And Lord, I submit. If it's your will, I want you to submit to me your power. It is a power of authority, of influence, a right or a privilege. The power of rule or government. The power of him whose will and commands must be submitted to by others and obeyed. Universally, this meaning stands for authority over mankind. Authority over mankind. So in the book of Matthew, and from or from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we're talking a man about mankind power. Yeah, God created man, and he gave us certain abilities and gave us strength in certain times. And God strengthened Noah. God strengthened Abraham. God did all these things to show, but that was not Asusia power. That was power by man. God increased man's ability, if you will. But in the New Testament, it is found associate power, the authority over mankind. The authority or power of judicial decisions. The authority to manage domestic affairs. The authority or the subject to authority of a rule or have jurisdiction of. We find in the New Testament, and I, I don't have time to go through all the verses, but the Bible says in Luke chapter number 10, we're going to just bounce around, Raphael. We're going to go where the Lord just tells me to go in these scriptures. Luke 10, uh, let's go to verse number 1. And I'm going to read from the ESV in this one. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two. Somebody say two by two. Into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Very important. The Lord appointed 72 others and sent them ahead of him, two by two, in every town and a place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers unto the harvest. Verse number 17. And the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said unto them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority. Ah, to tread on what? To tread upon the serpents and the scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your name, that your name are written in heaven. Don't rejoice over your human intellect. Don't rejoice of your abilities. Understand that I have given you power, associate power, to be submitted to my authority on speak behalf of my name. Not the same power as the Old Testament. Not the same understanding as the Old Testament. Not the same power. It's not man-made power. It's power submitted to us by God. Everybody say associate. These men had the power and the asusia power of God submitted to them for a specific time, for a specific place to go and minister 
to lay hands on the sick. God gave them authority to where they go, they had the authority to speak on behalf of his name. Isn't that a wonderful thing? But then he ends it up, he corrects him, he said, don't do this that you boast now. It's not for your glory. It's not for you to be have a title. It's not for you to think that you're better than everybody else. It's not. It's not for you for your own understanding. I I want you to be encouraged that that I can't shut that valve off. If you don't deceive the people of God, find this power of Asusia was given when Jesus came to this earth. Power unlike the power of the Old Testament. The definition is very clear. But there's something else that happened. Look to your neighbor and say, there's something else. Let's go to Acts chapter number 2. You know I'm going to get there. It's the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter number 2, verse number 1. I can put my glasses on so I can read. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Somebody say one place. One place. Go to uh, the King James Version, brother. Swap, swap that over. And when they were in the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost that began to speak with other tongues as a spirit. Somebody say the spirit. Gave them the utterance, in other words, gave them the ability. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. Verse number 6, And now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man had heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed. I'm going to tell you why they were amazed and marveled. Saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Number 8, how hear we every man in our own language wherein we were born. Verse number 9, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Persia and Pamphylia and Egypt and in the parts of Libya and around Serene and strangers of Rome and Jews and proselytes and Cretans and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God, of God. Somebody say, of God. You can try to fake me, but you can't fake God. I said, you can try to fake me out, but you ain't going to fake God. This is a God thing. This is not a man-made Old Testament kind of power. Well, they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Some of us in this room may be asking that question, and what is he talking about? Verse number 13, others mocked. That happens too. These men are full of new wine. Verse number 14, keep going all the way to verse number 17. But Peter standing up with the 11, he began to preach. Now this is very important because Peter began to preach. Why did he begin to preach? Because there were questions. Peter's message was a necessary message. It's because there were some things that needed to be said in the midst of mocking, in the midst of poking fun. God began to, began to do a great work. So Peter had to preach a message. He had to begin to preach a message. 
in verse number 14, but people were standing up in an 11 and lifted up his voice and said unto him, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken as ye supposing, it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And the sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young and the young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Somebody say power. Go to Acts chapter number 1. If you're in the room here today, if you have your Bible, go to Acts chapter number 1. I left out a verse, brother. Forgive me. Acts chapter number 1. We find the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Talk about asusia power, authority, submitted by God to us to do a work for Him. God has not done away with asusia power. But going to Acts chapter number 1, verse number 1, the former treaties that may I have made, O Theophilus, all that the Jesus began both to do and to teach unto the day in which he had taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive in the passion of many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise which saith ye, ye have heard of me. He says, for John truly baptized you with water because I gave him the authority to do so. The Bible says in, that John had the authority to baptize in, unto repentance because God gave him that authority. He gave him a suja power. He says, I'm going to have you go before me and I'm going to make give you jurisdiction. I'm going to give you a limited power to speak on my behalf about the things that I'm going to do. The same thing he did with the 72 disciples. I'm going to give you a specific task. I'm going to give you a Zuzia power to give to you what you need. But in when the book of Acts took place, after Jesus died on the cross, and he rose again, and he appeared to the disciples, and he told them, go to Jerusalem. It says, being assembled together, verse number 4, commanded them that they should not depart after Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and, all right, and with fire not many days hence. And verse number 7, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the season, because it is not going to be a mankind kind of move. Not for you, but which the Father hath put in his own Power. Somebody say power. And then here's verse number 8, which we preach so much. But ye shall receive power. Now, if we took that scripture and say, whoo, it's Old Testament power. I don't want Old Testament power. I already have that. God made me and gave me strength. 
And there's something different about Acts 1 and 8 because it's not even the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John power. It's called dunamis power. At this point, after Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he says, now there's another level of power I want to give to you. This is not an Old Testament power. There's many people living under their own understanding, their own will, their own power, and that's fine if you want to live that way. But the Lord says, I introduced you something that I submitted to you, Uzusia power. But I'm going to take you from man power to to Uzusia power to Dunamis power. Word of God is powerful. And he says, you don't understand the work that I'm about to do in your life. You have seen me submit to you some authority. But what you're about to understand and what you're about to see will blow your everlasting mind. And there will be people that be around you that will be marveled. And they'll even make fun of you because they don't understand. But what you're going to receive is greater than just a submission for a period of time. He said, but what I'm going to give you is dunamis power. It's the miraculous move of the Holy Ghost power. (laughs) Let me give you the definition of dunamis. Dunamis means to, especially, it's miraculous power. It's the ability. It's the abundance. It's mighty, working, miracle power. It's spiritual power. It's strength. It's a violent type of power. It's a mighty work of God type of power. The Bible says the violent suffer violence, but the violent take it by force. What is it talking? I'm talking about a move of dunamis power. When you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you got not only just authority for a little to pray in his name, but the problem is with that, you'll get confused because Jesus says, you know what? you got to be careful of your man-made power too. It's confusing. But I'm going to take you to Jerusalem. I'm going to take you to an altar. I'm going to ask you to pray and seek my face. And when you all get one mind in one accord. I'm going to pour out onto you dominus power. A power that works miracles. A power that works signs. A power that is wonderful in my presence. Bible says 2 Timothy. Somebody say dunamis. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, uh, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unholy, unthankful, without natural affection, truth breakers, uh, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of, of the, those that are good, traitors, heady-minded, high-minded, uh, uh, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the dunamis, dunamis thereof. I'm here to tell you today, I do not want to be a church that denies the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. Denying the dunamis power. 
we cannot deny the miracle working power of the Holy Ghost in this church, in our families, in our life. Why? I'm here to tell you, I cannot be the pastor that God wants me to be with an Old Testament power or my own man power. In fact, I don't want even a pastor with just the gospel kind of power, that, that, that Azusa power. I want to be full of a dunamis power, the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. Do not allow us, do not allow yourself to deny the miracle working power of God in your life. The Bible goes on to say, if around all these kind of people from such turn away, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive, silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse, diverse lust, ever learning. Ever learning. And never able to come to the knowledge of truth. That tells me something. I need the Holy Ghost. Let me go over here. I said, I need the Holy Ghost. I need the dunamis power, Acts 1 and 8. Why? Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Without the Holy Ghost, the dunamis power, I will never be able to come to the knowledge of truth. We're going to pray right now before I go any further. I'm going to ask you to ask yourself, are you working on your own power? You come to church and just kind of feel a little bit of authority and you feel good for a day or two? Or do you have the Holy Ghost moving in your life? Do you have the miraculous move of God? Bible says that ye shall receive dunamis power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. This is a new revelation to me too, y'all. I'm preaching this for the very first time this way. I've never preached the power of the Holy Ghost this way, but I believe the Lord's trying to teach us something. There is a separation. There is a separation. There is a difference. We love everybody. But the goal is to get to the knowledge of truth. In order to come to the knowledge of truth, you got to get out of the old old man mentality, I can do everything in my own power. Then you got to step into the authority and say, God, I believe in the power and the authority of your name. You can take residence in my life. Uzushia power, I submit. Going from a masculine power to a feminine type of word power, saying, Azusia, Lord, I submit to you. I submit my thoughts. I submit my life. I submit my understanding. And the Lord says, okay, I can deal with that. I'm now going to give you the power to pray the prayer that you need to pray that I can step in. 
that I can step into your life. And when you say, Jesus, I submit to you through the power of and the understanding of repentance, saying, God, I don't want to live the old man anymore. I don't want to live this way anymore. I've tried it on my own. It's not successful. The Lord says, okay, now I'm going to give you Azusha power. I want you to step into a realm of faith. I want you to step into a realm of prayer. Now I give you authority to speak in my name. And when God, we begin to pray and we begin to worship him and call upon his name with Azusha power, God begins to come now with his dominus power and begin to sweep through our lives. And then the miraculous can take place. Uh, and then we can step on the, the tail of the serpent uh, or the scorpion and step on the head of the serpent. I started at the beginning saying, I am not equipped to pastor this church. But don't excuse that. For saying, Pastor's gonna give up. No, Pastor needs the Holy Ghost. Pastor needs the Dunamis power. God may have given me authority to speak on certain things, but I, I don't want to just give have authority just for a short while to go to a city and speak the goodness of the Lord. No, I want the exousia power, but I also want the Dunamis power to speak through us. I want the mighty, miraculous works of Jesus Christ moving in this house, moving in our life, moving in the church, moving in our families, moving in this place. Because Jesus is coming soon. And the only way that I can meet him face to face is if I have dunamis power. Come on, stand to your feet right now. And let's begin to seek the Lord while he may be found. Oh, I feel the presence of God. I feel the presence of God. How incapable we really are. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. This is a necessary message. I said this is a necessary message. A necessary message. I didn't say this before, but dunamis is a noun feminine. It's another part of speech that submits ourselves to something greater than we are. The Old Testament power is manpower. And coact power. And there are many other types of power in the Old Testament. I'm not saying that's the only one. And in the Greek, compared to the Hebrew in the New Testament, that dunamis and Ususia power does cross paths throughout Scripture. But Azusia and Dunamis power, it only comes when Jesus landed on this earth. And then it's talked about from Acts all the way to Revelation. That's the kind of power we need today in this church. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.